You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen free on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Doug, you pulled your quarterback when you were down in three in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't think anyone thinks that you weren't trying to do something uh, in terms of tanking the game. Uh, So my question to you then is, why would you do that? Is this just for the draft picks, or is this something uh, else that we're missing here? Pretty simple. Um, I wanted to get uh, the plan this week was to get Nate some time, and uh, I felt like it was the time to, to get him in the game. All right, so the way we ended the last pod, let's ring this one in. Fuck you, Doug Peterson. You did yeah. not want to take a look at Nate Sudfeld. Fuck he, you. He got his just desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is anybody, I, I see, you know, they're going out there and, you know, it's like, oh, he and Lurie had a quarterback, uh, you know, they, they couldn't decide on the future of the court. Bullshit. Does anyone think Doug Peterson Total. is fired this week if he didn't tank that game? Is there anyone who thinks Doug Peterson is out of a job right now if he didn't throw the game against Washington? There's no way. He might even be, he's, he's probably getting promoted to like, you know, part owner of the team, right? <laughs> <laughs> As long as he's still unemployed right now, I'm less angry, you know, watching these playoffs because the Giants, we should have been watching them last week instead of, you know, Tampa playing at the football team that should have been at the Giants. So that whole night I was just seething, thinking about how gross the the Washington football team is, thinking it should have been the Giants. So, yeah, Peterson, fuck. Yeah. You know, you know, I've, I've, I've said this all along with coaches, they go along and, and, and your nice guy coaches get a little bit extra slack. These guys that come in with all this bluster, you know, Rex Ryan, Jim Harbaugh, Doug Peterson, these guys, they might coach a good year. Uh, you know, I mean, Peterson went, went and won a Super Bowl, sure. but when things start to go South, they go South quickly. And these guys find themselves out on their ass. I mean, it's just, it, it seems to be the nature of being an asshole is that once you start losing, you just. You you're kicked to the curb. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Look it's, at some other coaches. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, it's, no, it's, it's the like, same thing. Oh, go go, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got through the whole year we're, without doing that a bunch, and now we're screwed. I know, up. right? <laughs> and here we are. We're we get into the postseason here, and all of a sudden we uh, we're stumbling over uh, the, the the playbook. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, um, you know, you were just to your point, Scott, about you know. Tony Dungy, for example, right? I mean, a very can't get more mild mannered than that. You know, wins a Super Bowl. Coughlin with the, our Giants, you know, until he became, uh, you know, until he dropped the asshole tone, um, you know, wasn't wasn't winning with the Giants until he became, uh, you know, we, we all saw that in the uh, you know the America's Game, um, you know, piece that they did on the on the Giants. So after he became more uh, of a human being, you know, they, they, they ended up winning two championships with the Giants. So um, there's a, there's something to be said. Oh, Christ, we don't have to look further than Belichick, right? I mean, he certainly uh, is is uh, cerebral, right? I mean, and and uh, plays mind games and does all yeah. those things. You know, he's not yeah. he's not yelling all you know up and down the sidelines and all animated and everything. He's he's the exact opposite. So, and that guy's you know, we we know what what he's done. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's you know a lot of these these hot headed coaches uh, they kind of they they come in with some fervor, um, you know, lighting a fire under some guys may may win, you know. Um, early but uh, there's no longevity there usually yeah if you're one of those guys and, and we've seen it over and over and over in the nfl you guys just hit about every name there's if if you're gonna be a dick you better win 
and you better win a lot and you better win consistently. Um, because once you stop winning, that wears out really fast. Hey, what wouldn't the Jeff Jets give to have Rex Ryan back and have two straight AFC uh, championship game appearances? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rex. People, I, I mean, people busted the Jets. It, it, that wasn't really all that long ago they were doing that, but yeah. I still that was on the strength of gritty, gutty Wayne Crabette. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Crabette from from Monmouth College. Wait, wasn't it a Monmouth or Hofstra or one of those? Bostra. I don't know. <laughs> if he wasn't a Jet, he could have been an Islander. He's gritty. He's gritty. What's it? Gritty, gutty. <laughs> I actually think it was Hofstra, wasn't it? The flashlight, as Keyshawn once called him, because you know, he was Keyshawn was the star. <laughs> and uh, I always remember Gritty Gutty. Just I always refer to him as the flashlight. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> the flashlight's really good. So, by the way, we are the Three Angry Giant fans. Uh, we we are doing a bonus episode, and we we may continue through the playoffs. Uh, really, just wanted to work in another insult on Doug Peterson, that fucking schmuck. But uh, let it go. We, we we will be here breaking down the uh, playoff games from last week, talking about some tie-ins of the Giants, give a few pet peeves. Um, why don't we start with the Buffalo Indy game? Uh, tough game, close game. Uh, Buffalo to me. They're one of those teams, you know, they, they, they're on the borderline of being very good, but they still are so young and trying to get their playoff feet underneath them. We saw them lose a lead to Houston last year and really choke that game away. We saw them almost do the same thing against Indy. You know, I mean, that game got a lot closer than I thought it should have been. Um, you know, we'll see how they, they do against the Ravens. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So what'd you guys think of the Buffalo Indy game, uh, Chris? Yeah. I, uh, you, you hit on a couple points there, Scott. I thought, you know, the playoffs is a whole new animal, right? As soon as you get, uh, you know, you finish the regular season and, and, you know, this is, you know, the second season starts and, you know, le- Buffalo, as you said, they, um, they, they have to prove themselves a little bit, you know, uh, it, coming into there's th- the difference this year with, 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 with those guys coming in as a two seed, there's a lot of expectations. And with that comes a lot of pressure, you know? So I, I thought they were playing a little bit tight. It just seemed like both teams were a little tight from what I, you know, was watching in, in the first uh, few drives, I think. And then, um, you know, the game, as the game went along, um, you know, each, uh, each offense and, and, and both teams seemed to, you know, find their, find their groove a little bit. Um, I thought Buffalo was going to handle Indianapolis a little bit better than they did just by uh, the way their offense has been clicking at the end of the season. So I'm excited about the Buffalo team. I, I, they're one of my picks to, to make a deep run in, in the AFC. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting matchup this week with, with Baltimore coming in. But, um, you know, I think uh, it was a huge win for Buffalo. Again, not not I don't know if they necessarily had a monkey on their back, but there's a lot of pressure getting that uh, that playoff win, you know, uh, and getting your your postseason started. So they, they've done that. Baltimore coming in, you know, looking ahead to to that Saturday night's game. You know, they, they kind of just did the same thing. Right. It was already uh, a lot of. Media was all over Lamar Jackson that he was already starting his postseason career at 0 and 2. So, uh, you know, looking at the way at, at their game, um, you know, that's a good matchup this weekend, um, Baltimore at Buffalo. So, uh, I was picking Buffalo to make a deep run, but after <laughs> it's funny how quickly it changes. All of a sudden, you know, now I'm starting to feel Baltimore as well, and uh, and I actually have uh, this week Baltimore beating um, Buffalo in, in in that game. Did we see the last of Philip Rivers? Oh, and his grotesque throwing motion. I hope so. <laughs> the shot put. The shot put. The shot put. You know, 
It looks, yeah. looks like he's throwing. Looks like he's playing frisbee golf. And you know when you're really <laughs> close to the basket and you just kind of have to like, like just basically place the frisbee in the, in the brisk, little. I don't even know what the fucking thing move. is called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it looks like he's doing. It's like he's out there playing frisbee golf. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't even play, by the way, but it's a fun sport anyway. But yeah. it, looks like a, it looks like a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it's hard as hell. I'll tell you that. You're in the woods, trees, limbs, twigs, all over the place. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's, you actually have it's to not put easy. the frisbee in the in the metal basket, or can you just hit it? No, it's got to go in the basket. <laughs> and, and it's all the baskets are like made of this, you know. The, the chains, like the old yeah. uh, playground or schoolyard back when we were kids, you know, instead of the, the nylon net, you had the chains, which I always hated in the, uh, you know, in the middle school outdoor, um, you know, <laughs> basketball court, you get the chains similar to that. They used to cut my hand when I'd go up to dunk all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scott still has chain scars on his, on his hands and wrists. <laughs> But Scott's if, vertical was if, uh, a little bit better yeah, than it if is his today. Speed, if his speed on Madden is a nine, his vertical might be a six. I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'd get a playing card underneath me. <laughs> what did you think, Mike? Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought that was a huge game uh, for Josh Allen because you, you kind of mentioned it there, Scott. He, Josh Allen absolutely geeked at the end of that playoff game last year. That That was hard to watch. It was like, watching a golfer, you know, blow a five stroke lead with three holes to play. I mean, it was, he couldn't do anything right at the end of that game. He, he absolutely choked that one away. And, uh, so yeah, I've been very impressed with him this year. I think, uh, Josh Allen is kind of a lesson for the rest of the NFL. You just kind of let these guys find their legs, stop assigning people bust or superstar after five games, you know, it, it takes, it still takes time that that hasn't changed at all in football. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this game was interesting because, you know, Buffalo sort of near the end of the year there become the trendy pick as as the best team in the NFL. Um, I've heard I heard a couple of people say that down the stretch and and not that this game doesn't make them that they they may very well be almost almost every team with a couple of dominant, dominant team exceptions has one of these scares in the playoffs. If, if you know, it almost always happens, you know, like the 85 bears, the 86 giants, of course, they just steamrolled through there. But, but, um, you know, most years the teams have even good teams have a little bit of a scare at some point. And, and maybe Buffalo got that right out of the way and they go on and, and finish this thing off. I, I still, I still think Kansas city's the best team. I, I, I think people just get tired of saying that. So they want to say something, you know, it's just to say something different. But I, I do agree with the fact that both Buffalo and Kansas City look to me better than any team in the NFC. Even I'll even include Green Bay in that. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting game. I agree with Scott. Uh, if you're kind of looking at that game, it felt like Buffalo was way ahead most of the game. And he's just that letting them hang around kind of deal. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter, Philip Rivers delivers a perfect shot put to uh, <laughs> whoever it was. And. <laughs> Uh, Jack Doyle, is that who it was? And, uh, and uh, yeah, so the game gets close there at the end. But, yeah, good win for Buffalo. Like I said, Josh Allen absolutely needed that after the way he he just crushed him. It's, he just collapsed at the end of that Houston game last year. And he and he's one guy. I don't think Buffalo minds if he's dropping back to pass the majority of the time. And, and he may have to against Baltimore because – Zach Moss is out for the rest of the playoffs. Now he's their reserve running back, but uh, still, I mean, they don't run the ball all that much as it is. And if they do run it, a lot of times it's with Josh Allen taking off and running. So I, I could see him 
thrown 45 to 50 times against Baltimore. So that, yeah. that should be an interesting game. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, uh, do we know the weather forecast? I'm usually uh, on top of the weather channel and the weather forecast, but I did not see. For it that, looked like it was going to be, game. Looked that, like it was going to be like in the thirties and mild, but, yeah, uh, you nothing know, that, too, uh, drastic for this time of year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the Seattle Rams game? I'll tell you, that was one of the ones that I surprised me. I, th- I thought Seattle would win that game, especially with the Rams starting a backup quarterback. And then once the backup quarterback gets hurt, Goff comes in like he wasn't even hurt at all in his in his thumb and, and, and played really well. That that Rams defense is, is something else. So I think I think I underestimated them mainly because I don't think they were that tough against the Giants. We we actually handled Aaron Donald when we played them pretty well. Um but they, down the stretch, I watched a few of their games. They they've gotten dominant, and 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 Aaron Donald's taken over games. And I saw where he left with a rib injury or a stomach injury, so I don't know what about his status for this weekend. But uh, what what were your thoughts on, on that game, Mike? Yeah, so that game, to me, I don't know what to make of Seattle. That's my thoughts on that game. Um, you, you at least thought, and I agreed with you. I, I at least thought. Uh, you know, no, neither one of those teams is blowing the other one out. You know, Seattle has not been lights out. And, and I think with you, I kind of underestimated the Rams. I, you know, I, I saw that as a close game that Seattle would win and, you know, it really wasn't close. Um, like you said, the, the Rams defense just kind of took that thing over and uh, yeah, I just, I really don't know what to make of Seattle. Uh, you know, when, when we played them, they looked you know, average, but then they come back the next week against Washington and, and look, you know, against Washington's pretty good defense look great. And and you just, I guess you just never knew what you were going to get in the playoffs. And, and, uh, you know, it certainly hurts Seattle not having fans, but I, I still thought they'd handle Los Angeles. You know, after we beat Seattle, they, they went four and O to end the regular season too. So no, they, I didn't it's know not, that. Like they, yeah. not like they were limping home. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't, I can't, I don't know what to make of that team. The, the, to me, they were the uh, the schizophrenic team of the year for sure. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. I, I'm not going to say that I was expecting the Rams to win that game. I wasn't sure. I kind of get in my mind that was sort of a 50 50 game. I, I thought I thought the Rams had a good chance. But, you know, with their quarterback situation, I was that was yeah. really why I was thinking that Seattle would win by default, really. Um, you know, I figured Seattle would not be that impressed, you know, or that impressive in that game for some reason. Cause like you said, Mike, they've been, um, they haven't been playing lights out. Like they, they, you know, especially offensively and Russell Wilson, it just seemed off right. Um, at the end of the year, it seemed like they just didn't seem like they were clicking. So, um, what the, the, obviously the turning point in that game was, I don't know if you guys were watching that game in the beginning, but you know, DK Metcalf, like most receivers, you know, they're all, they all, all these guys have, um, they're a little, uh, temperamental, right. You know, so there was one drive where I think Seattle had gone three and out and, and Metcalf took a pretty good hit over the middle and it was early in the game and he's on the sidelines, um, you know, just barking a little bit about the, I mean, to, to some of the coaches and, and, uh, you know, Russell Wilson had to calm him down a little bit, you know? So in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, when, when, when Seattle gets the ball back, you know, they're going to try to force the ball to Metcalf. You know, he, he was, it seemed like he was demanding the ball like a lot of receivers do. And then sure enough, that's when they had the, that's the, the wide receiver screen and the pick six. And was it, uh, the, the corner, um, what a play. Um, yeah. They, yeah. In fact, 
yeah, the announcer uh, said that um, it was the you know first pick six on a wide receiver screen all year. And I was thinking to myself, that's what happens when you force the ball to somewhere maybe it shouldn't be going. You know, and, yeah. and I wasn't watching closely enough to know if they were, you know, if the Rams were taking intentionally taking Metcalf out of the game. I'm sure they they were doing a good job. I mean, to that point, he wasn't doing anything. I mean, he, he caught a touchdown a little bit later after that, but that pick six, I thought, kind of just set the tone and gave the Rams the confidence to uh, to go on to the you know victory for the rest of the game, really. Um, yeah, and, and give Goff a lot of you know credit for you know coming in. Uh, knowing that he's, you know, he's got the guy like three screws in his in his thumb or something like that, or you know, had uh, thumb surgery twelve days before the game. They said so. Uh, pretty impressive by the Rams, uh, you know. And and I'm not sure how, what they're going to be able to do against Green Bay this this week, but uh, um, it was an impressive uh, out, you know, impressive showing by the Rams last weekend on the road. Yeah, you know that's that was such a non Russell Wilson play. I mean, how many times have you seen Russell Wilson eat a screen when it just doesn't feel right? You know, it, and mm-hmm. I don't know, wide receiver screens a little bit different. But if you go back and watch that play, the Rams were all over it. It, it had no chance, uh, even if it wasn't intercepted. So it, I just thought, wow, that's that is a throw what Russell Wilson does not make ever. Well, and that's a, that's a play you don't see on a wide receiver screen because usually they're blocking five yards downfield before the ball even is thrown. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> or, or there's an uh, you know offensive uh, pick play that you know offensive yeah. pi that doesn't get called except uh, you know if you're wearing giant blue that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know we finished the season, uh, the Giants speaking of um, two two offensive pass interference penalties ahead of the rest of the the second place team that would have had the most offensive pass interference penalties. We're talking about a receiving crew that's complete dog shit, and yeah. we have the most offensive pass interference penalties. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see uh, a, a, like a stat about how many uh, offensive pass interference penalties per number of completions. Because, <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that r- ratio has got to be ridiculous for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, the, the last game on Saturday night was Tampa Bay at Washington. And um, I. I really think, and again, fuck you, Doug Peterson, because I, I think had the Giants been in that game, they had a shot at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers were not crisp at all. And mm-hmm. and really, the, the story coming out of that game, oddly enough, is people anointing Taylor Heineke already as, like, you know, Washington's next thing next year. You know, look, the, once people have tape on this guy, the guy, and first of all, the guy's fragile as hell. When he was in Carolina, he would play, like, three series, end up, like, getting hurt, taking a bump and then leaving the game for the rest of the game. Wouldn't see him for the rest of the year. Um, you see this happen all the time. A guy pops up, has a decent game. And next thing you know, that's all they're talking about because it exceeded people's expectations. Yeah. Um, I thought Tom Brady was off this game. I thought Godwin dropped a few passes. I thought Tampa Bay's defense gave up some big plays. I really wish the giants had played them. Um, Washington put up a better effort than I thought they would. Um, but, you know, Chase Young, after talking all that crap earlier in the week to Brady, did absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a huge mistake. Everyone knew that as soon as the words came out of his mouth. Um, yeah, uh, Heineke, I guess that's how you say it. How do you say it? Heineke, Heineke, whatever. You, Heineke, you know who Heineke, I'm talking Heineke. about. <laughs> Heineke. <laughs> um, I, I thought that was a great performance by him. It made that game watchable because it, for the more major portion of it, it wasn't watchable. 
Um, yeah, I enjoyed watching him play, but I, you're, you're a hundred percent right, Scott. I mean, you know, he is a free agent. Um, I, I really, really hope and pray that that game tricks Washington into re-signing him and bringing him back as a starter next year. Just please let that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how, th- what that comes of it. But I mean, there's nothing else really to talk about in that game, except for the Washington quarterback play, which was really fun to watch. I thought I, I, I got a kick out of it when I was watching it. I had a couple of drinks too. So maybe I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I well, I spent like the, the whole first half of that game just being pissed because I, I kept thinking it should have been the giants that were on the, you know, that, that, that game would have been our game on Saturday night. And I know it, I know nobody's left from the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, team that that beat you know Brady and the Patriots a couple of times, but just a mental thing. If Brady had to play you know, the Giants at MetLife Stadium, I, I want I, I just would I feel like it just would have been in his head a little bit. I don't know, maybe not. Um, that might be a stretch, but you never know. I don't know. And but to, you know, yes, the game was um, yeah, it was back and forth. I didn't think Tampa was that sharp. Um, you know, it's it's almost as if they took the field just expecting to win even, you know, just uh, Washington was just there as an afterthought. It seemed like somebody had to win the, the NFC East. You know, of course we, uh, we all knew that, but um, uh, it's funny how, you know, that I'm looking at the, the headline or the recap from the game. Brady outduels Heineke leads Buccaneers past Washington. Like, <laughs> like it was a heavyweight fight between Tom Brady. I'm sure, and, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Brady's clip, clipping that headline for his wall of fame at his house. Yeah. Right. Remember when I outdueled Tyler Hedeke? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so funny, like at the end of the game, I don't know why, because I always notice the most obscure shit with, with, with when watching these games. So at the post game, when both teams are meeting in Miller Field, which Brady did decide to shake hands be, uh, in this particular game, I guess because he won and it's won. whatever. But yeah, yeah. Sure. so he's he's embraced with uh, Alex Smith, uh, obviously exchanging some words or whatever. And there's a little Heineke like trying to tap Tom Brady on, on, on the shoulder pads from behind, like desperately trying to shake his hand, you know, get some words almost as if he was looking for like his autograph. He looked like a little kid like trying to get Tom, like Mr. Brady, can I have your autograph? It's, it's, you know, can you make it out to Taylor Heineke, please? And meanwhile, Brady's there discussing what, obviously Alec, he's, he's having a an more NFL quarterback discussion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then Brady, and finally Brady finally turns around. And he's and he's probably doesn't even know who it is. You know, he's like, "Hey, good game, man!" Like he gave a quick, like, you know, good game and a pat on the shoulder, pat and just up. like went on his way. Yeah. Heineke's still sitting there, like, "I didn't get my autograph." Oh, come on, Tom, you had some good punts yeah. today, good guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think I did see after that game though, when they do in the post game, um, Chase or yeah, Chase Young went up to Brady and asked him for his jersey. Oh, did he? Oh, he did. I didn't know. That. I didn't see that. He did. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the outcome will be of that. Jersey exchange. Yeah. So, uh, so Sunday's game, the first game was probably the game of the week. Well, you know, we might, might be able to say that the Cleveland Pittsburgh game was too, but Ravens Titans, a lot of bad blood between those two teams. Yeah. Um, I, you know, people go back a couple weeks ago when the Titans played the Ravens and the Titans were stomping on the Ravens logo and, and Harbaugh was pissed off about that. And then we saw when the Ravens salted this game away, of course they take the high road and go stomping all over the Titans yeah. logo. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, that's, I guess that's classy now, you know, and, and I think they were one of the two teams this week that 
ended up going into the the tunnel before the game was over as the game was ending and and you know just why waved everyone into the tunnel like this is cool let's get off the field let's you know lamar jackson's in the tunnel congratulating everyone um kudos on lamar jackson for getting his first playoff win i i thought in that game i thought vrabel made a couple big mistakes i thought the titans let the Ravens off the hook there. The Titans had that game early and it, for some reason it seemed like they got very complacent in the middle of the part of the game, but Vrabel for someone that, you know, had been aggressive time and again, he, he, he failed to go for it on a fourth and two from about the 40 yard line with only a little bit over five minutes left in the game. I, I don't understand that decision because even if you give the ball back to the, the Ravens there, if you hold them, you still have a chance. You know, I, I, I don't get that. No, no, that seemed like an odd time to punt. There was a couple things in that game, and, and one of them went back to uh, to one of my pet peeves from earlier in the year is, again, the media with the, oh, the narrative on him is that he can't win a playoff game. I'm like, I never said that. <laughs> if, if that's the narrative, then where did the narrative come from? <laughs> you told me he couldn't win a playoff game. So, yeah, that one, that got under my skin. And then uh, Scott kind of mentioned there the, the, the coach – the coaching decisions, I, I, I don't know. We kind of talked about this before we came on. I don't, I don't know where these are coming from these days. It, it's like the, everyone's just trying to be uh, contrarian, you know. Oh, I'm not afraid to punt here. Oh, I'm not, you know. We don't need. A, I'm not going to kick a field. I, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I really don't understand it. It's, it's that that game. Yeah, that that pro- game probably should have been an overtime type game. Um, yeah, like Scott said, if if Tennessee. It wouldn't have even been in overtime if Tennessee had continued to control the game the way they had early. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this particular matchup, um, you know, these are two teams that every few years, and it usually happens when teams are, you know, bat- like winning divisions. So they meet each other every year. And I'm talking about teams that are not in the same division, but have like that. It's almost as if I almost had to remind myself, oh, yeah, these teams, they're not in the same division. You yeah. know, the, the Ravens yeah. and the Titans. It feels like they're both in, you know, the NFC Norris, as uh, you know, <laughs> Chris Berman used to refer to as. You know, like, um, but, you know, one of the best, uh, out, you know, intra-division rivals, you know, in the NFL right now. But, you know, to I was questioning the same thing on um, – th- that was a lot of the talk on, you know, Monday morning quarterback, right, around <clears throat> around the, the, the NFL uh, recaps was, you know, did Vrabel um, – you know, did he get too conservative there, um, you know, by, by punting? You know, we, we just talked about it. But I don't know. It's weird. Like, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle on that. It, it's where you want to be aggressive and just kind of, you know, you, you have, you know, even though Baltimore took Derrick Henry out of the game, which is almost seems impossible, um, you've got the best damn running back in the league, you know. So you have that as an option. Tannehill um, has a lot of options there. So fourth and two, you hate to go in the offseason, you know, could have, should have, would have on, on, you know, by not – going for it there. But my mind also goes sometimes to, you know, all right, well, there is the possibility of also fucking stopping someone. You know what I mean? Like just because you punt the ball away doesn't necessarily mean that the other team has to just, you know, just stick it down your throat with first downs and and, and getting points coming the other way. You know, they did punt it to the 15 yard line or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stop somebody, you know, get a three in now. So it's, that's where it's, I don't necessarily completely agree that it's such a bad decision to, to punt the ball there. Um, cause the was, one thing in this league that we, we, you know, that everyone just seems to uh, concede to is that, well, there's just, you know, the offense is just going to come down and, and, you know, th- there's no chance of stopping somebody, 
You know, so how much time left was there, Chris, when they punted that? Do you know? Um, you know, I, I, I have to go back and. and what it was, was it? I, and Scott, I think it was, it was like, like I think it was like four and a half minutes. Four, like four minutes. and change. Yeah, so somewhere yeah. between four and five minutes. Yeah, so, you know, so I, I, I don't mean, know I, how many timeouts they had. Yeah, and, and the two minute warning. So, you know, if you get a three and out, but I, again, you could also make the argument it's weird. Like I'm right in the middle on that one, so I know I'm not taking a stance here, but um, you know, it. But I can see why. I, I certainly didn't have a problem with Rabel punting the ball. I guess in that I, I situation, the, as, as most analysts did. I think the issue I have is when you try to stop. Baltimore in a three down sequence they have so many avenues to run that ball that even if if Jackson doesn't hand the ball off to a running back he could take it around end for seven yards easily and all he has to do is slide down and stay in bounds that's so that's the reason I think it's a risky play you're just not taking into account what the opponent's been doing lately and and yeah you know it's it, it's it's one thing if you're playing a team that's just going to throw the ball and you can get stop them once on a run and then have them try to throw the ball next two times. But with Baltimore, I mean, geez, they can go back to pass with Jackson having every intention to run the ball, just wait a few seconds, wait till things clear out, and then he just picks a side and he's got five to seven yards easy. Yeah, I, I totally understand Chris's point, though, about where, you know, on, on the surface that doesn't seem like such a terrible call. I mean, you, you think, and this is different days in the NFL, and the offense didn't have all the um, advantages they have now, but Parcells punts that ball. Yeah. You know, by no question. Yeah. 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 Brian Billick does too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he had a pretty good defense and Parcells had a pretty good defense. <laughs> so he's just legendary defenses. But yeah, every every once in a while I, I, I just like to throw out there like fuck stop somebody. You know, you can do that. Um, you know, so it, it he'll he'll have to, you know, live with that decision in you know, all off season as well, you know, Titan fans and all of course, but um you know, give uh, give Baltimore credit, right, for um, you know coming back. They because they, they, they it was seventeen thirteen at that time, so they they did manage to come down the field, um, you know, tack on three points, and that was the uh, you know the final score there. So, and they yeah. were down 10, 10 points early on in that game, and I think that was yeah. the first time the Ravens had ever come back from a ten point deficit in the playoffs or something like that. But to to Mike's point, the one thing I wanted to just you know, he, he mentioned about that narrative of Jackson never winning a playoff game and who fed that to us. Well, after Jackson threw the first pass, that was like a blimp that was picked <laughs> off. They went right back to that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. well, this, this is something that's going to be weighing on his head. Now he just threw, he just threw a, yeah. a crucial pick and it was a bad pass, you know? Yeah. And then the game's over and they, they treat the viewer like a fool when the game's <laughs> over for, you know, <laughs> it's so exactly. annoying. Hey, you know, the other. The other thing about that game is the stomping on the logo, right? So whatever, these two teams, it's gone back and forth. I don't it doesn't really matter that much to me. But you know, like like going back to Peterson again. Tell the truth. You know, after the game, they're all well, it was about team unity. It, it, what bullshit. You were rubbing their nose in it. Everyone knows it and nobody cares. Just tell the truth. Right. <laughs> you know, we live in this world where you can't say the truth. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy. Well, you could say the truth. Just talk to Mike Milbury about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still don't understand what he did. That was that bad. <laughs> he, he made a, he made a, a no, I was going to call it a locker room joke. It wasn't even a locker room joke. It's just, you know, he just, yeah, it's, they keep their concentration. There's no women. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy wonder. 
makes me wonder if this podcast ever does take off, if I'm going to be canceled for my comments on women's sports last week. You know, that's probably someone's going to dig it up and be like, oh, giant Mike's a misogynist. <laughs> all the pressure is going to be on you guys. You guys going to get rid of him or what? We're, we're boycotting you're gonna your get, show. You're going to get some nasty grams and some some hate mail or something there, Mike. Yeah, Mike, I won't lie to you. Fame will go to my head. I'll kick you off in an instant. <laughs> I'll do it for one ratings point. I don't care. <laughs> so, so probably my least favorite game, the most boring game of the day, New Orleans, Chicago. Uh, about the only thing that stood out to me in that is that a Chicago receiver dropped a ball dead in his arms oh. for a touchdown. And um, there was punches thrown. <laughs> another guy just sucker punches another guy like they did in the previous game with these two men. Uh, other than that, it was it was sort of a blur. And I'll, I'll get to this game a little bit later on because it actually makes my pet peeve list. But uh, uh, that's for a different reason. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I don't know. That, that game that was probably the least interested and least watched game for, for me personally over the weekend. I just assumed the Saints would win. Um, and yeah, it was a win who dropped the, uh, that, and that was a beautiful play too, right? It's, it's amazing. Um, cause that was on the, uh, the, the trick play, right? What, uh, it, I'm trying to remember now that had the, the play started, right? Wasn't it, um, the bears like, it, 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 like, was it a throwback or a, a flea flicker? On I, that I, one? It was just, I think it was just a rollout. I could be, could be wrong on that. Anyway, I, they, yeah. I, Trubisky they, threw um, it. Yeah. He, Trubisky made a perfect throw and. That's something that they, you know, you're drawing up all week, you know, and, and it, all it <laughs> um, couldn't have been a perfect, more perfect pass. And, and the guy drops it. And once, if you're a bear fan, once, <laughs> once you see that, you know, you're in for a long day, you know? Uh, so yeah, that game, I don't know. It just seemed like the bears never really had a chance after that. Um, you know, but, but if you want to think about new Orleans making a run, I mean, I don't know if you guys, how you feel about new Orleans. I actually, uh, I think, you know, the, the, you know, Tampa being at New Orleans this week. I actually have Tampa beating them um, in the Superdome this week. I'm just not feeling New Orleans at all. I'm not sure if New they're Orleans just. seems to have a lot of warts to me. They kind of, you know, they they seem like they shouldn't with you know Drew Brees and Kamara, but it's you know, Chicago's defense is pretty good, but 21 points, you know, yeah, and and they've kind of done that all year. That offense is. Where it's good, and on any given play, they can explode. They never seem to put a game together, I guess, is what I'm going for there. I, my only comments really on that game are, so the extra playoff team, was that just for this year, or are we going, is that, are we going to that now? Because that's why we had to watch this insufferable game. I think we're going to that. I, I really we? do. I think that's, yeah, I think that's been, been approved. I, and I think next year it's on the table to have a 17-game regular season. So I don't know if that yeah. takes place next year or the year after. I think it's next year. I don't know how they're going to work that in already. With I mean, I know buys. the schedule yeah. doesn't come out until, you know, April. But um, I think we've talked. I don't know if we've mentioned this earlier in the season, but um, obviously you have an, with an uneven amount of games, you have an extra road game in there for certain teams, home games, that kind of thing. It's to me that that just when you talk about the NFL, you know, competition committee, well, right away, you could easily point to uh, teams getting extra home game, yeah. you know, that have, have an advantage. Unless Even fans or no fans, given... who knows what's going to happen with COVID. But like, you know, it's um, it's I just like the format now that extra game. Is it is it just for extra revenue? It's got to be. What else could it be? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even considered that uh, extra home game angle. I mean, unless they're going to give everyone a neutral site game. Uh, that could be, but, you know. Yeah, Hello, Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> this week, the 49ers at the Giants in Canada. Who gives yeah. a crap? <laughs> just... Don't forget <laughs> London, right? London's been going for a decade now. They still probably not, lead up not, some jersey sales over there. I don't know. Not this year, of course, with the COVID. All <laughs> yeah. right. So the last yeah. game of the week was was one of my favorites to watch. Um, I kept waiting for Pittsburgh to come back, and I really thought that they might in the end. But to see to see the utter just non-competitiveness of the Steelers in the first half, to watch Ben Roethlisberger fail to even want to fall in a fumble after that opening snap. Um, you know, one thing I thought about that after I, I mentioned in the early going is Philip Rivers played his last game. Well, has the rapist played his last game? He, yeah. he may have. I think that's actually more likely than Rivers. Um, you know, Roethlisberger, I, I, I admire the guy. And, and I even go back and, and think about the draft and, and, well, except for the rapist part, you know, <laughs> outside of him raping people. You misogynist. I like, yeah. I, yeah. So look at me. I'm, I'm team Roethlisberger. I hate women's sports. What's wrong with me? So, no, I, I mean, I, I admire his game and, and I, um, you know, if draft day uh, back then when we get in 2004 didn't work out the way it did, I, I don't think we'd have gone wrong with Roethlisberger. I mean, I don't know how he would have held up in New York. But anyway, that's a mm-hmm. that's another conversation. Um, I my, The thing that jumped out to me at this game, and, and I have to go back and check. I wish I did before the uh, before the podcast here. But has any team ever ended their season with back to back losses to the Cleveland Browns? Has that ever <laughs> has that ever happened before? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, was that last game at Heinz Elias uh, Sports Bureau they 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 have it they pump out those stats almost immediately right (laughs) you know it's crazy I was looking I'm just looking at the box score from that game and imagine you didn't know the final score and if I just gave you Big Ben's numbers across the board these were his numbers and it's just a wild box score he was 47 for 68 for 501 yards Four touchdowns, four picks. Yeah. Like that's a wild box score, isn't it? Like if you, just that by reading like, that and not knowing the final score, be like they either won by twenty or lost by twenty. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, that sounds like two games yeah. worth of stats. That's <laughs> like a quadruple double in basketball or something. It, it's yeah, pretty wild. But um, that was I, I was watching that game pretty closely too, and I was uh. Just kind of yucking it up. I, I kind of, I wanted Cleveland to win, you know. I yeah. just I just felt like I I was kind of just on their bandwagon a little bit, and all I kept thinking, and probably a lot of Cleveland fans too, were like, "Oh my God, do not find a way to lose this game." You know, oh, I, <laughs> that's all I kept thinking about. That's that's um, what I was. By the way, about. they tied an NFL record for points in the first quarter. Uh, Cleveland did 20, 28 points. I think only once before had that happened by the Raiders. I think it was at some. I saw in that the, stat or something in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, playoffs? just in the postseason, most points in the first quarter, 28. I think uh, looking ahead at Pittsburgh here, I think the fact that they don't have Roethlisberger's replacement on their roster right now is is pretty criminally negligent. Uh, they may yeah. find themselves really in the hole at the quarterback position, um, yeah. you know, because they, they went ahead and made the playoffs. So I don't know when they pick in this draft, but 
you know, they're not going to get their quarterback of the future. I don't think and out of this draft and, um, you know, who knows if, if Ben sticks around and the other quarterbacks on the roster are Mason Rudolph and the kid from Tennessee. You can't think of his name right now, but Landry Landry. No, uh, hang on. He was, uh, here we go. Joshua Dobbs. Oh, Josh Dobbs. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm a Steeler fan right now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wary. I hope Ben comes back for one more year and I hope we can find a way to address the quarterback position somehow. I mean, they really, if they're going to remain competitive, they probably need him to stay for two more years. You know, that their season reminded me a lot of the, the giant season in 2009 Sands uh, having themselves have a receiver shoot himself in the leg. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it, they really, they look like gangbusters the first half of the year. Um, then they started like they were still winning, but they looked terrible in the middle part of the year. And then they started losing. And when they started losing, they just limped home. And, you know, we all know in that, in that year, the giants lost to the Eagles pretty brutally in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, and the Steelers lost to a, a division rival in the playoffs here too. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. Good point. Yeah. I was, I, I didn't think, um, Pittsburgh was going to be able to, to, to win that game. And, but I didn't, who could predict, um, you know, the way that game started and the way Roethlisberger played, that was, uh, pretty hard to watch <laughs> just from a, just from a fan watching the game. That was oh, you, awful. You, I, I, you had thought Cleveland was going to win coming in, Chris, you know, I, 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 maybe I was more hoping they would win. I, I just, I, I, but yeah, I felt pretty confident they, they were, would, you know, pull the game out somehow. Um, I just, I just thought it was their time. I think it's almost like they're just football gods are just, you know, they, uh, they've been kind of been on Cleveland's uh, side all, all year. So I, I had a pretty decent feeling that, that Cleveland was going to pull that game out. I, I saw that game coming in as one of those ones where like Scott just said, the team kind of limped home and everyone's dismissed them, even though they were the hot commodity early on. And then they come into the playoffs and just blow the doors off somebody mm. that that's kind of, because we've seen that before. You know, it, uh, you know, the Giants uh, 1990 season, right, where they kind of limped home with Hostetler and yeah. uh, and then they went in and just blew the doors off the Bears in that first playoff game. And yeah, Parcells kind of puffed his chest out at the press conference. Not so predictable now, are we, boys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so looking ahead to this coming week, um, I, the big matchup to me is is that Buffalo um Baltimore game. Um, we, we, you know, we touched upon a little bit earlier. I, I think this game right here sort of defines a trajectory for one of these two quarterbacks. And then it opens the door for more questions for the guy who loses. Um, I, I personally think that it's going to be a tough game. Um, I, I think the bills, I, I think Chris mentioned earlier, he thinks that the Ravens are going to win. Mm-hmm. I think the bills are going to win, but I think it could go either way. And, and I think, if the Bills win, it's going to ha- come on the heels of Josh Allen having like a 380, 400-yard day, three touchdowns, maybe one on the ground. Um, and, and you just hope that you contain Lamar Jackson enough so that he makes a mistake again or or can't get the job done. Yeah, I, I can. Uh, yeah, that that's really a toss-up game. If a gun to my head, I'd take Buffalo, I think, in that one as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm total toss-up. <laughs> total toss-up yeah. game. If uh, – you know, if the if the narrative is right that the media has been feeding us and Buffalo is, you know, maybe only second to Kansas City, um, 
then they should win this one pretty easily because Baltimore's not really playing great. I mean, they're doing enough. Um, so, you know, if, if Buffalo's the team that we've been told here lately that they are, I could see them coming out and, and handling Baltimore, not blowing them out, but just sort of handling them. I saw a stat where with four weeks left to go in the regular season, the chances of Baltimore making the playoffs was 4.2%. Yeah. Again, Exactly. What are those analytics? 4.2. <laughs> why not? Why is it four? I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's not 4.3 boys. We got a shot. <laughs> you know, if it, yeah. If I guess it's because if they come out and say something like 4.2, it makes people go, Oh wow. 4.2. So they really did some math on that. You know? Right. <laughs> There's got to be some hardcore analytics like, going on there. There's yeah. a decimal in there. There's, you know, I mean, that, God, they, they took that, they rounded that down to the first decimal play. That was big. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the like same people that put together the quarterback ratings and, and QB, you know, like however <laughs> anyone know exactly what that, what that shit yeah. means or like how you get to that algorithm, you know, like it's, why is QBR like the uh, recipe for Colonel Sanders chicken? Like, why can't they make it transparent? Why is it like, well, we put a bunch of factors in and, and, and this guy in the corner controls the data going in and coming out. So yeah, it's, it's, it's data. Data should be transparent as hell. It shouldn't be like, well, it's seven spices. I'm not going to tell you which fucking spices they are. Yeah, I mean, QBR, that, that's something, you know, the ESPN foist upon us a few years ago and, yep. And I remember at the time thinking that's got to go away, that it's got to go away mm-hmm. because I don't care about this number because you could, you could hold one quarterback next to the other. And this guy is 10 points higher QBR. And I know this guy's better. So, you know, I, I don't care what your data is telling you. Oh, so annoying. Eli was always terrible at QBR. And yeah, then I, the I, think, the- I think they invented QBR as a way to diss Eli. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, it's like they, they, they took it and they said, okay, here's all the things Eli does. It's not so good. Heavily weight those. <laughs> That's what it well, seemed like. Oh, by the way, in the meantime, when, when you're down there with your freaking pencil and paper trying to figure out whether it's 0.2 or 0.5, Eli's winning Super Bowl. So, you know, F off. <laughs> exactly. That's why I can't have Aaron Rodgers win another Super Bowl. I, that's. <laughs> I'll be happy, like I, of, of the remaining teams, anybody else except Aaron Rodgers. And it's not. Even, I'm not even saying the Green Bay Packers because it's just about Rodgers for me. Yeah, you know, I just I do not want this guy to win a title, and I, I just hope that it doesn't happen. So I I, I have him winning this weekend in, in that game against the Rams, but um, I don't. Know, I just I do not want to see that guy go on and win anything more. I just more important news for Rodgers is that he was named that he's going to be one of the Jeopardy guest hosts coming up. I did see that. It's <laughs> a, a perfect job for him. You, you know, you got to be a little bit of a dick. So he's perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. Now that's not the right answer. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Right. Fair, fairly common knowledge. I'm surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> who's who's going to be on that episode? Uh, Cliff Clavin coming in with, <laughs> and from a mailman clip <laughs> some guy yesterday the the final jeopardy question was about it was about the name of the dog that went up on sputnik you know and he sort of he sort of had to piece it together so the one guy just put that russian dog and and, and ken james goes 
there is absolutely nothing wrong with your answer. The answer <laughs> is 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 fine. There's there's no factual inaccuracies, but it's we can't accept it. <laughs> it just reminded me of, of Cliff Clavin. Like, yeah. Three people oh, are never in my kitchen. <laughs> exactly. Three people have never been in my kitchen. Right? That's actually correct. <laughs> yeah. well, obviously, we're going for I love what Alex is like. Well, obviously, we were going for something else. And Cliff's like, obvious to who? <laughs> He slips that one in there, like obvious to who exactly. Like it's just uh, factually, th- that answer could be there, there could be more than one correct answer. I think that was Cliff's uh, entire yeah, argument, right? I, so, I like this. I like this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, have a, he had like a uh, twenty five thousand dollar lead and bet it all. Yeah, no yeah. reason. <laughs> exactly. Alex actually says, "Well, unless you you pulled a move that's completely ridiculous <laughs> and bet it all, you're you're the winner." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance the uh, the Browns can beat the the Chiefs, or is this an absolutely not moment? I'm going with absolutely not myself, but yeah, I got to go, go absolutely not on that one. Uh, I just, you know, like I said, the Chiefs, uh, it's they just seem still primed to make another run. Uh, it, it, I I feel like they've been the best team all year. I know they had a a, a couple games that could have gone uh, the other way that they they squeaked out, but. Um, you know, Cleveland's had a, a very impressive year, uh, certainly last week in, in included. But uh, I just don't see them going into Arrowhead and, and beating the Super Bowl champs. I think Cleveland's run ends here. And uh, I think I mean, my, my Super Bowl prediction, it's it's chalk, but uh, is, is so I'm kind of already foreshadowing next week's. You know, but um, I've, I, but even before the playoffs started or even towards the, end of the regular season, I've had Green Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl uh, right from the start. So. Uh, that's going to remain my picks for to go the distance. But um, long answer to your question, Scott, I, absolutely not. I think Kansas City just um, not say they're going to roll them uh, necessarily, but because um, uh, I think they're favored by 10, I would say I say that I think Kansas City wins by about 10 points. I'm going to you know, go with like a 34, 24 kind of game, maybe a little higher score than that, even because both these teams can can light up the scoreboard a little bit. But so um, I, I, I Kansas City by 10 points in this one. You know, we were looking at the um, we were talking about analytics a little bit ago, and, and Saturday Sunday Night Football always puts up the the players' pictures with their PFF ranking next to it. Well, here's where exactly how I know PFF rankings are shit. Austin Hooper is the number two ranked tight end in the NFL based uh, from PFF. Is, is Ingram is Ingram number one based what? on PFF? <laughs> <laughs> where is that a- chop? Where's our whipping boy, Evan Ingram? <laughs> Oh, he's 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 trying out for the uh, women's volleyball league, <laughs> and he would be the best set man. Oh my god! All hands team, isn't there an all hands team? Like one of the I forget who who runs that. One of one of the sponsors or one of the you know just think about who, who used the to f- do the all iron team? Was that was that, that Sims? Was Sims. Yeah. Was Sims, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't they, they don't tend to do that anymore. I mean Romo. Sims, yeah. Romo might give the all shrieking team. I, I, you know, Romo might be a good an analyst, but when he's like, I, I'm not talking like this, it just bothers the shit out of me. You know, it's like, I, I don't understand how Romo was such a mediocre quarterback. If, if I mean, teams are breaking the huddle. He's like, oh, they're in a, I, I know exactly what this is. But when you were playing, did you know? Because you didn't look like, you know, you knew. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. It didn't look like yeah. you knew what the hell was going on half the time. I don't know if you saw the game when they when Jim Nance announces that Tony Romo's making the College Football Hall of Fame, but I, I went see that. back. I went back and looked at Tony Romo's Tony Romo's stats at Eastern Illinois. 
he was below both Sean Payton and Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of, of overall stats at that small school. And this guy's making the college hall of fame. And I, you know, he's making the college hall of fame because he was a good pro quarterback and he's now a famous announcer. So to make the college hall of fame, you don't actually have to be that good at college football. That's (laughs) kind of the, the, see, it might be the only hall of fame. That's anything like that. That'd be like my high school going back and like putting me on the honor roll or something out of nowhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, well, Cardone, you had a pretty decent review at work this year. So, you know, we're going to Middletown South. We're going to put you on the honor roll for 1987. Like what? We're very very proud of you. You put, you put, uh, you put giant Mike on the honor roll at Susquehanna. Yes. The last week he said he was the good student, the A student. Susquehanna Valley. Susquehanna Valley. Susquehanna SV. Susquehanna is another school in Pennsylvania that we don't talk about. What was your, what was your mascot? My, the, uh, Sabres. My... The, the Sabres. The Sabres. Hey, Sabres pretty cool. Tigers. Sabretooth Tigers. So the confusing thing for everyone was Susquehanna was also the Sabres, but they were the swords. <laughs> <laughs> like the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. You know hey, what's Chris, brutal? To, to so, give oh, added oh, context, Chris, when, when I was in, when, when Mike and I were in high school, to give added context, the only thing Susquehanna Valley was known for is having the longest losing streak in football in the state. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't on the, I was in, I was at elementary school when that was happening. Oh, there. You don't want to be associated with that, right? Yeah. They, I don't know how well, many, my, they, they went like six seasons without winning a game or something. It was in sports illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's kind of like being in the college football hall of fame. And not sports being illustrated. Remember, remember faces in the crowd on sports. Faces illustrated. In the crowd. That's what it was. I think it was on yeah. there. It was a blurb about it was usually it. like, it was a, it was a Frisbee golfer most of the time or something like that. You know, it's most, a valley obscure sport. There. Yeah. 208th consecutive high school yeah. football game. <laughs> you, know, you know what I just realized? And this is going back, obviously, 100 years ago, but my high school, Middletown South, um, we were the Eagles, which is brutal, and our fucking uniforms. We, we were uh, the uh, silver and navy blue, color of the Cowboys. So I, I was running around in Cowboys colors, and we were the Eagles. How oh, awful God. is that? I just realized that. My, my high school, Elmira Free Academy, we were the Blue Devils, and political correctness did catch up to us, so we had to become just the Devils, uh, and then they, they don't wait, exist wait, anymore. Wait. Why couldn't you be the Blue Devils? I, why did, I, I, why did I, you remove I, blue? I don't know. Maybe the Blue Man Group complained? Someone Out <laughs> <laughs> of Blue Devils, I would think Devils would be the word yeah. that would go. Hey, and just be I, like the blues, like the so, St. Louis blues or something. Yeah, you know? all, all I know is that they went down to the devils and then, and then they merged with another high school, Elmira Southside and the combined high school is now the Elmira express, which for those people that don't know, the express Elmira express was the nickname of Ernie Davis, the Davis. Heisman trophy winner from Elmira. Elmira. Look at that. Uh-huh. Little, Hello. Little, <laughs> <laughs> a little Lloyd Lindsay Young in there. Little, little Lloyd back. <laughs> If Lloyd was going to do what he'd do, hello, horseheads. Yeah, he, he, he might have done horseheads. <laughs> it's way more fun to say when, though, when you use Piscataway. That's my favorite one. Piscataway is awesome. Oh, yeah. Piscataway. Hello, ho hocus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would get Piscataway and Parsippany always confused. Parsippany. Those, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's another good one. There's a couple of those you don't want to be in too. You know, like <laughs> you definitely don't want to be in another P Patterson. Yeah. More horse heads. <laughs> <Well, 
All right, Chris, I think you had at least one pet peeve today. Uh, what you got? Well, I, it's, it, it, we were talking about it earlier. Or it, it's when these coaches, for some reason, I don't know when the NFL became, you know, uh, Division Two and Division Three college football, where coaches they, they just they just pass and forego on on easy chip shot field goals in critical parts of the game. I don't know when this happened. We've been seeing it. Obviously, we saw it from Doug Peterson all year. I guess maybe he's the one who set the trend. And I don't know why, if you're a head coach, you'd want to follow the, in the footsteps of that asshole. But um, <laughs> we saw, you know, uh, it was. It was Frank Reich and in, in Indianapolis Colts, right? That, that uh, they didn't, uh, they had an easier, you know, that easy, I forget how the distance, but field goal in, in, in their game and decide not to take the points. I'm just, so I've developed this pet peeve of coaches. You almost anticipate now coaches, the offense just staying on the field when there's, uh, you know, like a 28 yard field goal. It, it, it's, I don't know when, and it's not like it's fourth and inches on some of these. Some of them are fourth. And five or, 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 you know, somewhere in there where in that tight, condensed part of the field, not easy to grab those yards down there. Take the easy three, get out of there and play defense. You know, like you didn't get it on uh, first and first, second and third down. Kick the fucking three field goal and, and get the ball back and come back down. It's driving me crazy with these coaches not kicking chip shot field goals. I don't It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. It kind of dovetails into a, into a pet peeve I have, which is similar, but it's coming at it from a little bit of a different angle. And again, that's the, the sort of cliche old wives tell in the NFL. Well, you're not going to beat this team kicking field goals. Well, you're not going to beat them with zeros either. (laughs) So, you know, let's get some points on the board. We're going to need a lot of them today. Apparently we're playing a good team. Yeah. Well, you're not going to beat this team kicking field goals. Uh, Really? Yeah. Yeah, the Giants won a playoff game with five field goals. That's exactly right. A championship if, game. What? Well, yeah, NFC championship game. What if Parcells? Oh God, we got it. We yeah. got to score touchdowns. This is the 49ers. <laughs> you know, I'm not a mathematician, but I know three is more than zero. Yeah, like, to your point, Mike. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you you have been promoted to the honor roll, so. Yeah. Well, that's true, right? <laughs> he's a he's a mathlete now. I'm an honorary <laughs> member of the honor roll. <laughs> So this so, Cardone guy, he was a pretty good student. No, he wasn't good at all, but he's good no. now. So we, we, no, remember my F minus I mentioned earlier in the year. I actually, true story. I mentioned I, that was one of my stories earlier in the, in the on the on the pod. Uh, I got an F minus on an exam one time. The F wasn't enough. The guy had to stick me with the minus. Yeah, I feel like Doug Peterson probably grades players as F minuses just to stick it in. <laughs> You know, when you look back at it now as we're older and you look at, at some of the teachers that you had back then that seemed old, they were probably 20 years younger than I am now even. Uh, yeah. But 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 I'm looking back at, at a couple of the teachers I had and I'm like, this person was qualified to tell me what I got on a grade? You know, this, yeah. this person was subjective enough to tell me this? Yeah. <laughs> you find out years later, lady's gone through four husbands, is hanging out at different places, yeah. the talk of the town getting passed around from guy to guy. <laughs> this 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 sweet, sweet old lady is the one giving me a C plus on uh <laughs> she lives under a bridge, she's got six cats in a shopping cart. <laughs> uh, good thing good thing the pod's not famous yet. <laughs> yeah. We might have to burn the tapes if, if it ever 
<laughs> if it ever. I had a couple off. tactics while taking an exam, like in high school. Like, don't don't forget, this is going back a hundred years, where like a lot of stuff was handwritten, right? So I would intentionally do like bad handwriting to make it seem like so like when the when i got the answer wrong i'm like what are you talking about like this is i wrote the, exactly I wrote the right answer says. down it's just not you know like that and, and when you had the multiple choice remember those uh i don't even know what they were called but like you know a through d you had to pencil in you had to be a number two pencil right be, and you had to yeah. fill in so what i would do sometimes is i would fill in a couple different ones and then i would half like erase a couple <laughs> of them so that way when they, like Wait a minute. Like, no, no, I just, I, I had the see, right one filled in. I just didn't erase the other ones like all the way, you know? So the fucking computer was picking up still that I had, you know, like the, the pencil mark on B when it really, I know I have C filled in. Meanwhile, I don't know what, what it was. I just fucking filled them all in and just erased three of them to make it look like. <laughs> Tricks of the trade there. I had. I could, I could have written a guidebook on this thing. That is good. You guys, if you see, you guys see Fargo, where the guy yeah. stealing the cars off the lot. So and he's doing that thing. He's intentionally like lazily writing the VIN number so no one can track him. <laughs> he's like, oh, you can't. Well, you we you did fax it over, sir, but we couldn't read it. Oh, I don't. I lost the original. I threw it away. I don't know. It's... <laughs> so so I had the misfortune on on Sunday of flipping over to the Nickelodeon broadcast of New Orleans and Chicago. So for oh. you that for you guys that didn't know, it was on CBS, it was on Nickelodeon, and it was also on the uh, Amazon Prime. So oh. Nick Nickelodeon not only did a broadcast of this, but it had Nate Burleson as the lead com or lead analyst, some girl I think that's probably on a Nickelodeon show, and some 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 guy that posed as the announcer. And my wife was sitting next to me, and and, and she, I think, well, this is a perfect example of of, of a target audience are probably going for her and kids. Yeah, uh, anything that's on the fringe, and like one guy catches a ball and on the replay. They give him these cartoon eyes that bug out, and they go out, and and, and when and when the the Saints scored one time, they start sliming the end zone with this graphic, and and they were doing these fake slime buckets going over players as they were sitting on the sidelines and stuff, and I thought to my I'm starting to get, you know, this is really shitty. And finally, my wife, my wife looks at me and she goes, why is this, this version on this? This is terrible. <laughs> it was such a bad production. And, it, and, and I felt bad for Nate Burleson. I don't particularly like the guy as an analyst, but he had to sit there and go along with the gag of, oh, who's going to get slimed tonight after that one. And, and it was, comp oh my God. I, I don't know what they were going for. It, it was know Nickelodeon was still around. I thought they were like the fun. <laughs> I had to go. I had to scroll until I found NFL football. You know, I was like up in the three hundreds on my Direct TV, trying to figure out where the hell Nickelodeon was. <laughs> they got the 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 host from Double Dare is the sideline <laughs> reporter. Like, what are they? I don't even understand the concept of football and Nickelodeon. I I I have no comment. I'm without speech. Every 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 graphic had like little slime dripping off of it, so, you know, second and six with a little slime thing going off of it. Every replay had like some cartoon animation, like a ball firing into a guy, eyes bugging out, heads popping off. It was, it was. All right, I get what they were trying to do for maybe kids. No kids gonna watch that game and think no. it was cool. No, it's yeah. it sounds idiotic. Let's bring let's bring in our rules analyst, SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob, <laughs> what did you see there? 
Well, you, you think that's funny? They kept comparing players like they would put like Drew B, Drew Brees side by side with some cartoon character that I had never heard of from some show, and they would put their measurables up next to each other. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> Yeah, so like, I, 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 yeah, I so didn't have any beer in me. I, I needed at least six or eight. I needed a lot. Yeah, so like st- sticking with the SpongeBob, uh, you know, theme. Like, so, so Patrick, you know, what is Patrick? Uh, you know, out, out of Vanderbilt, you know, or, or like, you know, <laughs> uh, he's five foot eight. You know, like four hundred ninety pounds or whatever. You, you know, so like <laughs> Patrick from the Marine, the Merchant Marine Academy, Merchant Marine Academy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if this, I, I hope that was a one and done deal because if you guys saw any of that production work, it yeah. was God awful. I mean, gonna, literally they kept, now. they kept calling parts of the field. The, they, they kept calling it the slime zone and they would just oh. like animate it with, with slime. That's I, I literally, have, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have a comment. I That's don't awful. even know what to make of that. <laughs> was that the only option you had to watch it, Scott? Or did you just, no, because just, I'll be I, honest. I saw it come up and say it's on Nickelodeon. And, you know, in my mind, it was just like, okay, that's for people who are not getting this channel. And it's just going to be this broadcast replayed on Nickelodeon. So I didn't even think to go there and check it out. Well, so, so I went there thinking that I was like, well, I'll just flip over to Nickelodeon. I get on there and within 30 seconds, I realized, holy shit, this is a different broadcast. And then they, they went and they panned into the crowd where Nate Burleson's sitting there next to this, you know, teenage girl and some guy on the end who was, I think his, his last name was Eagle. So I'm thinking it's Ian Eagle's brother. Um, but, but it was just, it was so cartoonish that, that even my wife was like, what, I can't watch another five seconds of this. Turn it back to the other game. You know? <laughs> I don't know who came up with that idea. So, yeah. so that's my pet peeve because if if we're if we're trying to market to the lowest common denominator, just market the game of football. I was a kid; I loved football. Yeah. I didn't need slime. I, I it was good enough for me to listen to two guys I didn't know in a booth going. <laughs> you know. uh, I mean, it, it's a it's a recurring theme through a lot of our pet peeves over the years that the NFL has no flipping clue who they're marketing to, zero, and that's why we have to suffer we every week through Faith Hill singing uh, oh. about the, the lions and the chiefs on what is <laughs> so friggin' stupid. Makes me want to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know if I Nickelodeon has a game, has a game this week. If it does tape it, just flip over there for 30 seconds, I, bomb it gonna, and, and, and change it. I'm already on YouTube trying to see if I can find <laughs> something from this broadcast. Yeah. I'm going to have to do it just for some comedic relief. Ah, it's I, I makes me want to, you know, send an anthrax letter to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Cease and desist. You really do want to get us banned once we get. <laughs> I didn't say to the federal government. I said the NFL. <laughs> I don't want Raj at my door. He looked that enough on uh, on draft night when he was sitting there uncomfortably on his couch, and then in, he walked into the bedroom late at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We didn't, we didn't think we could fill an hour this week. That's a bunch of shit. I know. Okay. Yeah. That's what happens when you lead with fuck you, Doug Peterson. It spurs some right. juices going. And maybe this week he'll get a job and then we'll have a really good uh, podcast next week. Really. <laughs> or no, especially, we'll especially if the Jets hire him. Himself. The Jets hire Peterson. We can throw a party. We we should come on. We should have a drunk cast one of these times. <laughs> I, I was actually yeah. thinking about that. I was really thinking about that. Just just 
could we really get a lot more, you know, vulgar though? Or would it just be us amped up a little bit and slurring? Yeah, it'd just be, it'd probably be difficult to understand. We might have to have subtitles if we, if we get it. We'll have to make sure Darren, our intern's around to do the editing afterwards. <laughs> you guys got anything else this week? No, I, I, I got nothing. Did we, I know we didn't, uh, did we talk about all the upcoming games? Not that we've, we've already filled plenty of time, but because yeah. <laughs> uh, no one's given the uh, Rams a chance against Green Bay, right? No. And then no, uh, I'm going Green Bay. Tampa, New Orleans. We didn't really talk about that, but I, that I don't should be talk a, Tampa. Pretty I don't want to talk too much with about Tom Brady. I just want to see his yeah. ass out. Yeah, just get out. All right, we are the three angry giant fans. You can look us up at, at angry underscore three and uh Maybe back on next week. I'm not going to call this the last podcast. I had a little bit of fun doing this one with the playoff recap. So as long as there's football and, and as long as our schedules accommodate us. So, um, you know, it's really up to if Cardone can make it. Uh, <laughs> I'm the wild card. <laughs> we, we, we will be back on uh, delivering whatever football news we can drum up. And let's face it, we, we drum up a lot of other shit that isn't football related and go off on tangents. So, yeah, that's the best part. Tangents. Enjoy the games, everyone. Mike and uh, Cardone, any last yeah. comments? No, no I, I got stuff. nothing. Just enjoy the enjoy the games, and uh, I, I guess we'll probably see you back here next week. Yeah. I just want that dick Aaron Rodgers to lose. That's all. <laughs> Other than that.